0: Greetings, valued poll listeners, and welcome to episode 97 of the polis Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, the magnificent, the wonderful, the great, Hector. How's it going, my dude?
1: So is episode 97, like, a, did we title that directly as a correlation to the new trailer for the X-Men 97, which drops in March? Changing now. Changing now. This, <laughs> yeah, like, this whole thing needs like an X Men font and some wicked. Right. Like, nah, 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 like, hey, bub hey, Don't bub. tell me. To, don't tell me to be a team player anymore. We need some. We need some like '90s animation on all this. Um, well, that's where we get the neon glow and the lasers. <laughs> oh, that is true. But uh, what I need is like you know, I need a rogue skin suit. I mean. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I'll call
0: you sugar. <laughs> oh, well, hey, X-Men 97 is a thing. and March it's, 20th, baby. It's coming to Disney Plus and where all your Disney Marvel needs can be met. Um, I think the only thing I will say on that other than this, this cold intro is I saw one news story on the trailer drop that said, Is this what Gen Z thinks 1997 was? <laughs> <laughs> and I almost died oh you're right I bet yeah. yeah and they had the picture of like all of them at the basketball court with like the torn half tank top over their t-shirt but that's accurate I know I was kind of looked at it and I'm like it's not wrong <laughs> wow. okay yep Uh. well I guess you know what that means that means you need to strap yourselves and prepare yourselves for we've got comic signs <laughs> oh
1: For my expansion sets They call me Obi-Wan Act like you know me,
0: son And that's when 97 needs to come across the screen.
1: <laughs>
0: Charles is dead. What do we do now?
1: Charles knew my helmet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my suit's better laugh Laffy Taffy. <laughs>
1: I'm
0: oh. the Juggernaut. And we have ruined every childhood of everyone this morning god bless uh, you and your family yep uh my brother in christ on today's episode of the pull list, we've got a wonderful show for you we're gonna hit the latest news that you need to know i actually have some somewhat shocking things to say there um our must pull recommendations from the past two weeks that actually are from the last two weeks because we're back and we're doing it right um and our new favorite number ones and so much more this is the pull list podcast <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to talk about mostly how hard nostalgia hits for almost the entire news block. And I did that entirely on not intentionally, but here we go. So last year, end of last year, um, IDW lost GI Joe and transformers, um, IP. And we had a lot of talks about what's going to happen to IDW and all that. And then they re-upped on turtles, um, But I want to talk about the other things first. So G.I. Joe and Transformers went to Image Comics, which, frankly, I was like, well, that's a thing. Image isn't usually known for heavy IP stuff, and they're certainly not known for kids' cartoons from the 80s, (laughs) Um, intellectual property. But some interesting things happened. One of those things is that Kirkman made transformers a shared universe and they have a book called void rivals that takes place in the transformers universe on top of their regular transformers books. We've talked about void rivals here because the first few books were really good. GI Joe. I didn't really get a chance to read because let's be completely honest. No, (laughs) Um,
1: not at $5 a pop.
0: No. And some of the old books were cool. Larry Hama's the dude, but, Eh. But something interesting has happened. G.I. Joe apparently is a hit in 2024 versus 2023 and before. Under Images banner, they have increased their sales margins between 10 and 20 percent, almost a full quarter on G.I. Joe, and only a few issues are out. And that kind of gave me pause and maybe go, am I supposed to read this? Because Larry did do um, the first – couple i think he's still planned for other projects and all that but as someone pointed out a book that i didn't see because it sold out even at my local shop is cobra commander yeah i couldn't get that at mine either and cobra commander was written by joshua williamson a name nice. that should be right yeah <laughs> um so it's like he, he doing good things right he, he he do good um and if if you don't know um joshua is kind of one of the stable writers at dc most one of heck of a run on the flash probably one of my favorite runs solid batman run yeah solid batman run basically if it's a special they're like you should do this and now i'm like i guess i need to find a copy of this cobra commander but either way nostalgia's starting to hit i mean it's always kind of been a thing but i that's why i'm going to roll into like kind of the next couple news articles because all y'all out there are like, oh, give me some of that. And that falls back into the the big two are kind of having a hard time while other people are like, here, I'm just going to print this money off from your childhood. And it's apparently working, <laughs> which honestly I wouldn't have guessed. But IDW apparently in that attempt to find that money that they use to print um, is putting Sonic the Hedgehog back into print. Um, it's a
1: good time to put Sonic into print.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get a Sonic Three. Um, Knuckles is getting his own show, a show no less not not a not a movie, but a show. And Sonic's in the show. Mm-hmm. So Sonic, when it was out by IDW, actually sold really good. And I do recall I had a lot of subs uh, to Sonic when I was behind the counter, and it was popular. And that's a. I'm just sitting here going, okay, maybe IDW has brought some leadership in that finally is like, we need to make some money so we can do the thing again. Um, But you'll see that this year. And then I had a fascinating conversation with Son Buddy is, how much do you know or care about Dynamite comics? I know that they exist and that's about it. Right. So here's the thing is Dynamite is actually pretty much the home of like Red Sonja and those types of books. Yeah. But over the last few years, they've been the home of Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, and now Thundercats. That does not look or feel anything like where I started this conversation. And it's because they went around buying up IP like that and producing high-quality books. I haven't had a chance to read Gargoyles, but the art is like, it's the cartoon. Right. Darkwing Duck, it's the cartoon. Um, Thundercats, it's the cartoon and all these folks are just like yeah let let let's let's chase this nostalgia train like super hard um produce some decent content and boom people be buying comics again and to me that feels really weird in the world of the big two is cuz technically marvel and dc have its own nostalgia because they've been around for 80 plus years <laughs> And where most of their story arcs and everything are ending up is just kind of, eh.
1: Well, here's here's what you have to factor into that. They've been around for 80 years, but they've also uh, oversaturated and buried their own content. That's fair. Yeah, I guess if you're going to be nostalgic about something, you need to miss it. <laughs> you need to miss it, and you actually need to treat your own content like you respect it. <laughs> Oof. And I think that's the biggest failure. Oof. Across the board, on all the companies, is that they don't treat their IP like it has any value. Uh, Based on every review I've heard of um, Madam Webb, it's like, uh, you know, I follow a lot of TikTok movie reviewers and um, like. I've heard it said it's the worst film of all time. It's the worst superhero film of all time. Um, mm, mm, Like mm, mm. they literally say it ranks below every DC film.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So are you saying this is a movie you didn't see on day one? Oh no, I'm not going to this. (laughs) Um, Uh,
1: Hot takes by Hector. Okay. Listen, let me put this on, on full understanding for you. Uh, the only film superhero films I've not watched in theaters of the last lifetime.
0: The last X Men movie. Fair. I don't think I've seen um that that was Dark Phoenix, right? Yeah. I don't think I've still seen it. Period. Now I've watched the um, what's the one that had Maisie Williams? Um, oh, that was the not not a horror film. Yeah. I watched Ah. that new mutants, new mutants, new mutants. I watched new mutants. I enjoyed that. I haven't Um, seen that yet. I haven't (laughs) watched that one yet either for similar reasons.
1: Right. But it, that one's actually fun. I've not watched the last X-Men. I've not watched Morbius and I won't watch this. I actually haven't seen any of the venom movies. Now here's the deal. The venom venom one is cute in just terms of watching Tom Hardy play. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) Venom two tries really hard to shove 90s nostalgia into a tight container. And it just bothers me that Venom (laughs) 2 is directed by Andy Serkis. Because this is a man who has the highest caliber of performing and some of the greatest taste and some of the best artistic vision to do something. And that happened. (laughs) And then he made that. That was my problem with that. But. I go on. But I digress. But And here's the thing. If Venom 2 would have been directed by anybody else, I would have been like, whatever. That's fine. <laughs>
0: this is acceptable.
1: This is acceptable. <laughs> Venom 2 coming from Andy Serkis hurts my feelings. <laughs>
0: <sighs> <sighs> my precious.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my, dude, that man gave us the speech in Andor. Yeah. That man, you know. No, you can't give the speech in Andor. And then give me Venom 2.
0: <laughs> you're really helping with my should I bother on a rainy day <laughs> deciding factors here.
1: <laughs> well, you need to watch it just because it plays into MCU now and Spider-Man. Uh, don't make me do things. And I mean, he if your only version of Venom is seeing the post-credit scene in No Way Home or something, you're wasting, you need a little bit more.
0: <laughs> so... The nostalgia does not stop there. I guess 2024, that's what we're, we're working on this year. But this is actually kind of interesting, and I'm kind of – this could be cool because I don't know the last time they reprinted these. But DC Marvel crossovers and Amalgam Comics are going to hit Omnibus reprints hardcover by end of this year. Hmm. So all of the collected shared universe stuff is going to hit in August. And I believe it's going to be in the Omnibus form, which Marvel, which means you will overpay for it for the first month. And if you wait long enough, you can find it on sale. You can sale. get it at an Ollie's for $5. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, which will be an awesome collected edition of all those things. And if you didn't know that that existed, well, congratulations. There was a time period when Marvel and DC did official crossovers and combined comics. And some of them were pretty awesome
1: and so where you actually have dark side calling uh Thanos a carbon copy
0: right <laughs> like it it goes hard into the it, we know what we are <laughs> and i think it was 90s when most of them came out some
1: of that might have been 80s some of it was 80s but yeah it was it's a very 90s thing
0: yeah so there's there's lots of cool stuff in there and all that exciting stuff and then i can't go I would be remiss in not mentioning that Godzilla's 70th anniversary is this year, and they're going to do a collected uh, hardcover and special, I believe it's May or June, in May. So that kind of leads me to believe there might be something on free comic book day, uh, but it's going to be a, it's a hundred page one shot and they already have, Dan Didio and Jolie Jones um, attached, and I went, "Go on,
1: listen, I'll I'll read most things Didio puts out." I feel a butt coming
0: in that comment. (laughs) No, he just hasn't gotten a lot of respect lately. Yeah, poor dude. And I think that's (laughs) DC's literally ripping off his entire idea. He got fired for, and here we are. (laughs) Right, and and that's that's just where I'm at, and I'm about to talk about at least two of those books, but one. Um
1: whoops. But well, here's what we can say. Even though DC ripped off his idea and we've seen those ideas play out, it still wasn't a good idea.
0: That's probably fair, but I think the thing that's also not fair in that is we don't know whether they executed it the way he intended. Now that that's accurate. Yeah, I doubt they did. Right. By by pushing him out, they probably didn't. They were probably like, no, that's stupid. Let's do this. And what did you learn? Let's give him Madame Webb instead of no way home.
1: <clears throat>
0: something got caught in my throat um bad production. but bad stop bad <laughs> do better write better things film better things stop wasting money stop wasting decent talent <laughs> listen what's
1: the sydney swaney mm. um they jacked up, ruining her chance to be go down as you know like a good version of the character she played oof womp womp, good casting, horrible execution
0: right no i i that's what I mean is i I think they've done some disservices in that process, and maybe that's a good time to like close out the. The new section of, I feel, it, we would be remiss if we didn't talk for a millisecond about the Fantastic Four casting. No, we didn't um, talk about that. We're not. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the Fantastic Four um, casting got officially announced on Valentine's Day, which was an interesting marketing choice. Um, well, have you heard why they're doing that and the
1: aesthetic the way they did it and everything?
0: Because they think they can recreate the vision in movie format and it won't suck.
1: Yeah, they're, they're going to, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, dude, they're going for the WandaVision vibe of like, they're going to give us a 60s superhero movie, then end up with a multiversal thing.
0: Uh, It's going to take place in like 67. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's what I got. Like the image itself was cool. Like I liked it, but it made me look at it in the casting and go, we're actually going to screw up the Fantastic Four for like the fourth time. I don't know, man. I'm I'm hopeful. And uh, did
1: you see that uh, this is the first time a Jewish actor is actually playing Ben Grimm?
0: Yes. No, that I was appreciative of and that people actually pointed out that there are not a lot of Jewish-specific heroes in the Marvel Universe. And Ben has probably been one of the most public in the writing of the thing throughout history. Um, uh, it's him and... And Kitty Pride are the two that they write the most, right? Pretty sure yeah. Kitty is the other one. Yeah. Um. But and it's... Partially, front- partially Moon Knight? Right. That's true. But it's a short list. It is a short um, list. So I did see that. And also, dude is the guy in the bear, so...
1: Yeah, uh, the Forks stuff was... I haven't even watched all of the Bear, but I watched the whole Forks
0: scene. I thought it was really impressive. You need to see that whole episode. And frankly, you need to see his arc that gets him there because it's what makes that really cool. I like the Bear. It's a good show. You should watch it. It's on my list.
1: Um, Um, But it
0: felt like an Angry Ted Lasso, and I needed to not watch that right then. It absolutely kind of is. And there is an episode that you will hit that... Will throw you in sensory overload and give you a mental breakdown because it is the toughest hour of television I think I've ever seen. And people that have seen the bear know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um but that's why I'm like, this show deserves all the awards because that's amazing. But yes, I I don't know. Maybe I'm also the just that guy, but I'm probably on the train of Pedro Pascal has been cast in way too many roles recently that this is going to be good well he he Pedro Pascal is the new Chris Pratt right and that's why I'm like just without the Jesus "Mm." Association (laughs) and like I've loved him in almost everything so far this feels like a weird vibe I I
1: see this as being a perfectly functional vibe for him um
0: yeah, but if they play him kind of narcissistic and smart, I don't think I'm gonna like it. I don't know, man. I, I I I think it depends on how how they write it and how he goes for it. I think he'll be okay, uh, but we'll see. But this comes to the fact that. There have been some okay Fantastic Four. There's been some bad Fantastic Four, but there's been no great Fantastic Four to date. The first six issues of this current
1: run are about the best Fantastic Four I've seen. (laughs) We're currently on
0: issue 14 or something, so do Fair enough. Sorry. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's what you need to know. Uh, That's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you the insider knowledge or all of those nostalgic facts and Good warm feelings this morning uh, As always you can join in on the conversation With Hector and I and all of your other nerdy Friends over on the Love Thy Nerd Discord And Or our Facebook community Over there as well and you can You know join in <laughs> Somebody um, tagged me in the Discord mm-hmm. And um, I responded
1: mm-hmm. like, like Hector's Made his two month appearance <laughs> Yeah um,
0: Both of us showed up for like a millisecond um, And We're like what, (laughs) and it got quiet. (laughs) We're sorry, Uh, but yeah, join in on that conversation if you tag Hector. At least every two months, he will check your messages Uh, and tell us what you liked, what you hated. Dude, dude, it's not even it's not
1: even about the community. It's just I get confused. It's a very confusing platform. (laughs) I don't know where to go. I get a notification and I'm like looking uh, through the thingies on the side like a senior citizen at a Walgreens. Trying to
0: find CBD gummies. Who knows? (laughs) Everybody tag Hector when you hear this episode so we can see when people are listening. Thanks thanks for being part of my scientific research. (laughs) And tag him with OK Boomer. I'm not a boomer. I know, but stop acting like one. I mean, come on. We're supposed to be the generation that are the triumphant leaders of technology. Heifer, I had to put a floppy disk in in <laughs> elementary school.
1: There was One, an internet at my I didn't take a co- a computer course to my freshman year of college. Get yeah. off my <laughs> uh, oh
0: okay we we should talk about comics now <laughs> that's that's a transition so yeah what what'd you read? <laughs> Well, considering that you had to steal things from me, for my polls, hold on, um, I'm 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 not sorry for that, but it means we get to talk a lot about one of the arcs. Yes, and that's okay, because uh, after after I read both of those back to back, I was like, we yeah, we need to talk about this. Yeah, and this is I'll <laughs> say this, uh,
1: Joker Year One Zdarsky, Uh this is the best things Zadarski's written since his best daredevil.
0: Yes. No, I, I, you know how we've, you've probably heard us lately be like, come on Chip, <laughs> And then this hit, and maybe they just had to get here. Cause I have a feeling this was probably one of the ideas when he accepted the yeah, thing. And, and you can, so, and you
1: can see that they had to do the fail safe and the zero and, R and everything else to properly get here. Yeah. Um, But they're giving us a Joker year one scenario. And I'll say this. This also properly kind of cleans up some of the mess of the three Jokers.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he was tasked with that or if he's like, I have an idea. No, I I feel like this is an idea. And it's the thing I wanted to talk about. So the short version here is uh, we'll tag team. This is both. These are coming out weekly, right? I don't know. They bro. they must be because we got both of them back to back, um, and I don't think we're behind. Yeah, so accurate. Yeah, Hector's got 40, 142 one forty two. I've got one forty three. But we want to talk about this kind of as a package because year ones have typically been really good in DC. That they've done a good job of selecting people to do these, and the, I mean, gave me the feels. But the thing I also like is there's multiple artists. Involved in both of these two, so they feel kind of like a bigger. I don't know. It's bigger than just Sadarsky, but the overarching story that's being told here. And I'll give credit because I think it was in one forty two that they tied back to Endgame at yeah. the open of that, and I was like, ooh. Listen, they tied back to. That's when I picked Batman back up. That's what got me
1: back into comics was Endgame. Well, they tied back into Endgame. They tied back into the Killing Joke. They tied yeah, back. Yeah, no, into it's all there. Yeah, this is some of the best comp compiled Joker storytelling that doesn't feel like um, I'm so I don't get edited out an illegitimate <laughs> childization. <laughs> uh, of the character. Um because I feel like a lot of the Joker stuff now the the Joker run last year or the year before with like Jim Gordon that was good. It was good. I enjoyed that. Um a lot of the other Joker stuff has just felt like y'all are
0: just slapping this on to slap it on. Yes. Um and a lot of people were hitting saturation. They're like, "Could we not?" And yeah. I think some people are unfortunately going to hit this series with the same thing of Man, I've this, had this is this has been played out. But when they started tying all the things, because also Joker War, I think, is a huge piece of this. Yeah, um, and some of the other hijinks of his existence. But like going back all the way to Red Hood, um, yeah, Red yeah. Hood gang. They
1: um, they definitely are validating all of the Joker choices for
0: the last minute with this. Yes. Do we, do we want to jump in on how they resolve the Three Joker thing-ish? Go for it.
1: Go. Hit it. So I think that was- oh, wait, wait. Before we do, I have one thing to say. And this goes into your book as That's well, fine. more than mine. Yeah. Um, the art flips. Mm. Where it's like standard comic panel, standard comic <sighs> panel, masterpiece
0: of art. Yo. Yeah, hold on. Let me find one. <laughs> because they're also designed to be jarring. And yeah. like the photorealistic ones- yeah. Um I'll find I'll find the other one. I don't want to. The catwoman one, one? Well like, also Yeah.
1: Like if you've if you've got the video version of this or just look at the Joker on the water image in one forty three, freaking jarring. But it goes from literal like, like Catwoman stuff, yeah. Like a basic comic panel to being
0: hyper realistic. Hyper realistic, gorgeous art. Which they did a lot in the black label books.
1: Yeah. Um
0: good. So I think that's what a lot of that is is like the true criminal insanity of of the Joker is really pulled back into it. But basically the three Joker thing. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um they introduced the three Jokers a while back and we kind of got this feeling that, oh, there's more than one Joker. And that's why the Joker's everywhere and why it feels like Batman has literally destroyed the Joker more than once and he never goes away. And that we get these different vibes of Jokers that, you know, they must be different people, that they're separate. Um, I'm starting to realize there could be a really deep religious analogy here. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to wonder. Um, oh, dang. Um, that's starting to make some of this imagery actually make more sense. I have a feeling I know where Zadarski going with this. Um, right. But they reintroduce us to one of the people that trained Batman way back in the day. Um, that's like, oh, I want to help you Joker because I feel like, you know, now's the time. And I'm like, yeah, that, that seems pure. That's a good idea. Nothing terrible can happen with this. And he sits the Joker down and basically explains that one of the things he taught Bruce is to be able to isolate himself within his own brain, within his own mind, um, for when he needed to accomplish certain things. And half of you just went, oh, I get it. And either you loved it or you hated it. And basically what we see by the end of 143 is that the Joker, the three Jokers exist, but they exist within the same person. And that they are isolated mindsets of the Joker for when he needs to accomplish certain tasks. Um. And we begin to see part of the the process of that character changing between those phases when needed, et cetera. And it's really kind of frightening. Um, And straight up, this is where actually I'm more scared of the Joker again than I was during the it's three people that are very similar but different. Um, All members of the Red Hood gang kind of thing. Um, This makes me go, oh, no we're back to sociopath on like a high level that no, this, this is more
1: frightening Joker than anything. Cause listen, if the Joker is three people, it stops being scary. Right
0: now. He literally is, it's almost dis- disassociative disorder. Um, that it's multiple personalities within a single person, except kind of like moon Knight, but not like moon Knight is well, moon Knight recently. Um, the Joker can choose which one at will. It's, it's not a random floating through these different personalities. It's, this is what I need right now. Flip the switch. And that's pretty frightening. <laughs> it's pretty frightening,
1: but that's um, what's been doing it. And that's honestly like, cause I, like you, I read these back to back and, uh, it was a lot like, I was like, Oh, okay. Oh <laughs> yeah. It was that. And I was like, Hmm this is dope so yeah i i we i have officially poo-pooed on zadarsky for like half of his batman run yeah um and so i will say this formally
0: good job yeah uh <laughs> I, I also in the first issue straight up was like hey it's tom king <laughs> listen i'll say this he but pulled I
1: this, I <laughs> he pulled this off better than tom king would have that's fair
0: um, Tom something, King, something, dragging your dead mother through the desert.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Tom, Tom King would have done this in a way that ended up with um Three it being, like maybe mm. it would have ended somewhere in that capacity. But yeah, all right. Second, uh, and I this might have been my favorite, but uh, the Cole man, I I know your shop didn't get it. <laughs> so um, the Cole finally dropped the fifth issue. Like it was to the point I was worried I'd missed it because it had been so
0: long is it a five part or a six part mini five okay so that's the end that's the end uh mm, um oh oh so it's mm. the end of the first arc so we're gonna get a collected edition and maybe it goes on got it continue. yeah continue
1: um so like you saw how it started with the whole kaiju thing mm-hmm. um i won't give you spoilers but you get some uh kaiju gratification too
0: yeah i'll pick that
1: back up when the first trade comes out then (laughs) yeah um you get some kaiju gratification but effectively these kids if you because it's been like a year since we started this discussion um (laughs) oh goodness yeah it has been uh this five issues took a year to get through um but sitting on the other side of comic books like even trying one project i get it um like I'll say we'll talk about it more, but man, I have a lot more respect for uh, how hard people have to work to try and get these things out on a proper timeline. Um, but the, uh, the story just plays out. Well, these kids go looking for a missing child under the guise of uh, filming a documentary in the process end right. up in a foreign land that's adaptive. But the idea is uh, the foreign land rejects, anyone that has weakness or damage i'm sorry it's hollow earth theory but go on get that um (laughs) well not not that part isn't hollow earth theory
0: no Uh, everybody plays that part a little different yeah legacy of monsters came awful close though
1: no i'm just saying like that it removed like they don't want people of weaker damage like that was the the characteristic of it um and like this group rolls in to, and they basically get to the point where they can manifest superpowers, but they don't want like the, the climate doesn't want the one person with too much drama and damage. <laughs> um, and that just kind of plays out, but like there's the deal is there's a trade every time, uh, something enters their world, they enter your world. And, yeah uh i'll save the the culmination of it but they give you a really good climactic and gameish style battle turn your pastiness down you're hurting me i <laughs> i literally can't <laughs>
0: control it it really i mean T- turn your monitor how, down it, how like, da- <laughs> bro it's two settings it's technically worse no i meant like on your Uh, screen on your screen oh i don't even know
1: if i can do that it's just (laughs) depressing if you're watching the video chris is just luminescent
0: i'm Um, so white (laughs) um (laughs) i glow in the day bro and the video just (laughs) proves it but um this is the ginger life i'm not sorry they they they, it, it culminates
1: in a big battle that's pretty great and everything but then um it takes a hard R Rick roll at the end. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. That that's actually, yeah, th- that's great. Um, I don't even, I haven't even read it and that, and that makes me happy inside.
1: So it's like, like they literally like get to the point where they're like, Oh man, Oh man, this is what a, a good ending, a happy ending. Sorry. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and no, it's just like, and literally it. I was like, I was like, Oh no. And the way that they tell you something's wrong is so subtle because you have to have like, here's what I'll say. This will play off better as a trade than it will as individuals Mm. because the, they tell you something's wrong visually. And if you haven't, if you haven't read the book recently, you might've forgotten that something's wrong based on the imagery. All I'll say is this. As a five-issue storyline, pretty freaking flawless. Writing, art, this is one of the most tightly packaged, well-done books I've read. God bless you and your family. Um, (laughs) Let's see what else. Um, uh, Red Hood, The Hill, number one.
0: Let's talk about it. Um, Yeah, I figured we were talking about it, but now I'm curious. Go on. But he had to drink I mean, his you,
1: coffee. Yeah. Gotta hydrate for this one. Hydrate and caffeinate because I'm gotta s- spit that venom. Um bit Yes! I was right. Go on. <laughs> what? Nothing. Go on. I want to hear it. Um This is the direct sequel to the two issues of Red Hood that got started after Red uh. Hood was disbanded. So, Red Hood had a 50-issue arc um, of Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yep. The Hill storyline started in Red Hood 51 and 52, and then just disappeared off the face of the earth. Which was a traumatic time for Hector. And, um, you know, that Michael Jordan meme of, like, and I took offense to that. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. I literally kept I have a lot of questions. First of all, how dare you? I had I kept the two issues of 51 and 52 bagged and boarded. I don't even keep my books bagged and boarded unless I really care. I kept issue 51 and 2 bagged and boarded just so I could be angry. <laughs> so I could be reminded that they started a story and didn't finish it. Listen, I don't even care if a story is terrible, finish it. <laughs> Don't give me two issues of a setup of a whole new thing and walk away and act like it didn't happen. That's right. Aggressive thumb pointing. Um, (laughs) So, this being said, is it a great Jason Todd story? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, Is Sanford Green's art wonderful? Absolutely Sanford kills the art. Now, here's the thing. This was my criticism when issue 51 and 52 started. This does not feel like a Red Hood story. This feels like a story built and written for a different character. But if you insert Jason Todd into it, people will read it. (laughs) There's a new song by Mumford & Sons right out now called uh, Good People. Mm. If you listen to Good People by Mumford & Sons... It is not a Mumford & Sons song. Mm -hmm. It is produced by Pharrell. And if you listen to that song, it is an Adele song that they put Mumford & Sons in. Ooh. Like, it literally sounds sonically, rhythmically, tonally, vocally, it sounds like something that came off of Adele's 19 album, like Rolling in the Deep status. If you cut and paste Adele into this song, it's a better song. This looks like the story for an original comic book creation, but because to cre- create readership, they put Jason Todd in it.
0: Um, so I picked it up because it was a number one and it said red hood on it. And then I read it and I put it down, put it back in its bag and forgot that it existed. Yeah.
1: So this is, even though it's a number one last week, there was a zero. Oh, I missed that, but I don't think that would have helped. <laughs> no, um, Red Hood: The Hill Zero is issues fifty one and fifty two combined. <laughs> oh, but this is putting Jason in an urban setting, in a like where he's the token white guy in a cultural situation where he is helping. Disassociate himself from the Batfam. Because listen, when this story started, it's because he was on the run, like, as a character, the outlaws had gone. He had just shot Penguin. Um and was disassociated from the Bat Family, and he was restarting his life. And he was starting it in a new time, in a new place with different people. It made more sense when this story dropped. Now, this story does not fit other than the fact that they just put the phrase joker war in there
0: <laughs>
1: right to make it cult to make it timely relevant now is it well written yes is it good yes but i'm gonna tell you this i really do feel like this is something that doesn't is not organically jason i don't feel like this would have been part of his story on his
0: own that might be what bothered me because I was trying to, yeah, I don't know. I just, I agreed that it, it was visually pretty stunning, but I was like, why do I care? I'm not caring at all. I mean, you're you're putting
1: Jason in the middle of a, an, an urban neighborhood where he is like the odd man out culturally. Um, like you've got Jason literally invited to the cookout um, <laughs> where he is in a culture, like literally it feels like, um, it feels like they're trying to tonally change their background because let's let's be honest, most of the people that the bat family interacts with are Caucasian people. Um, yeah. like you take out Duke and you take out a handful of others. and there's let's like Bruce mainly hangs out with Caucasian people uh, and like to put Jason in an almost all African American environment. Just feels different. Not wrong, but just like, how did you get here? Mm. Um, and it feels like that's a progression of story element um, that I felt like would have needed more time building up to actually get there organically. Um, I'm going to read it. I'm happy it's here. <laughs> I'm happy to have a Jason Todd book. Um, but <laughs> there's not a, I don't know that there's a but. Okay. but like here, here's where I'm saying, like, okay, you jump from zero to a hundred, and like you jump off to the point where Jason's going into a uh environment fighting bad guys with a group of kids in like makeshift costumes with gunfire. Lots of guns, lots of gunfire, and I, again, I really do feel like they this this would have read better with a completely original he, character. This book would have been a better book without leaning on Jason Todd. <laughs> that being said, uh, other the my last poll is just to say uh, my hero thirty six is out. It came out in December. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're still caring about my hero at this point, you'll care. Um, you get the definitive end game because they're they're wrapping up the story. The story's almost right. over. Um, they're down to the final battles. You get the definitive uh, Todoroki versus Dobby battle, like the the end battle. Yep, between those two. You get um, Endeavor versus um, One for All in a end game level battle. And then you also get uh, Shigaraki. Is that is that the right word? The hand guy? I believe so. That sounds right. Um, If you're not aware, if you're not up to speed on the My Hero world, um, One for All has implanted his existence into Shigaraki's body and kind of fighting for control. Um, So you get Todoroki versus Dobby, Endeavor versus OG One for All, and then you get Bakugo and everybody and their mama Except Deku versus Shigaraki One for All, oof. And Deku is not in this book at all. Like not That's a page, wild. not a page. Is he in this book? You need to go back to thirty-five to if you need to see why. But like in terms of like, and I'll and I will say this: this one was relentless as, in terms of a manga. Like there wasn't story. Per se, as much as it was nonstop three giant battles. Like I had fatigue reading this. Um, Okay,
0: I'm done. Go. (laughs) It happened. All right, let's see. So, yeah, I already said Batman 143. The only additional thing I will add to our Joker year one story is a middle career Jim Gordon is fun. Yes. Um, still, still hates crooked cops. Still doing the right thing. It's I. I enjoy Jim's middle story every time it gets presented because he he's just the change that law enforcement needs, like across the board. And he's always been written that way. He's a straight arrow cop, and but at the same time, it's it's that weird ism because he's willing to take on the vigilante Batman, um, but bad cops still need to be. be- dealt with kind of thing. And that story is playing out in the middle of this because lots of crazy stuff happens kind of around that part of the story. Yeah. And I dig that. I, that I'm, I'm down. All right. Now let's jump. Well, no, I'll do my other DC book and then I'll dump in to Chris's random indies. Uh, So the suicide squad kills Arkham asylum. I normally wouldn't do this. Cause it's a video game tie in and that's why it exists, but and it's um, a video game tie in to
1: a presumably bad video game.
0: Yeah. Um, but John, John Lehman, who is the writer of this and is the dude responsible for the comic book chew. Um, I like John, he's a good dude. So I was like, I will read this book and see what I think. And, this was fun. Um, if you played through all the Arkham Asylums and and all of that, um, there's drawback. There's pulls back to those games and everything. That's really kind of smart and fun. The art is actually really good for, you know, what clearly is a side project. Maybe it's not a side project, but it's cool. Um, I didn't hate it. In fact, it it was kind of fun and. I don't know if I'm going to bother playing the video game, but I probably will finish reading this because it's just interesting. It's, cool. I mean.
1: From what I understand, the video game plays like Crackdown. So, you're, yeah, you're going to love or hate that. Yeah. And so, so this is like, <laughs> it's like if you're expecting an Arkham Asylum
0: game, you're getting it's Crackdown. Not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. no. I should, I should, I should. Yeah, no, I'd heard that too. That if that's your expectations there, no. But it does supposedly follow a lot of the lore that's been established in video game existence and everything. And this helps tie some of that together. So if that's your jam, you should read it. It's pretty fun. I don't mind fun. Fun is good. This is the moment where Chris tells everyone boom is writing some of the best freaking comic books out there still. And you're still not reading them. (laughs) Uh, My next two in a row are boom. Number one's from this week. So first of all, from boom studios, the displaced, Uh, I don't know if you saw this book. I wanted to see that book. The art is kind of cool. It's not over the top or anything crazy, but it's just a neat little vibe. But basically all you need to know here, this one's really easy is you get introduced to a handful of characters that all kind of have jacked up life stuff going on. And there's an earthquake and all these people happen to be outside of their small little town in Ontario, Canada. And when they turn around, the town is gone. It falls into a hole and it is gone.
1: In the quiet town of Ontario, Canada.
0: Right. It stopped existing. And they met this crazy old dude that sets a bus on fire to block people from going into the town. He's like, I know what's happening! And they're like, okay, crazy old man. And then the town literally like falls into the earth and disappears and they're all like, what? And so, you know, all the survivors kind of get gathered up together and they're like, that's really screwed up. Our town's gone. And the old guy's like, I know what's happening. And they're like, cool. What? He's like, oh, well, and then he rattles off four towns um, from across the world. And they're all like, we don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, right. He's like, in about a week, no one's going to know the town we're from existed. He's like, they're just going to forget. And they walk you through a couple days where people are already starting to forget. And, like, on day three, the hole zips itself back up and disappears. And, like, the town that's supposed to be 30 miles away is suddenly, like, at the line of where they're standing. And they're like, what? It's like the earth swallowed the town. And the old dude, the end of this book is, no, it never existed. Okay. I'm going to read the crap out of that. There you are. <laughs> Um... I was just like, heck yeah! I was like, also on that cliffhanger. Mm, oh, mm, jesus! Um, it's it's interesting because basically it, we're gonna follow this group of it looks like it's five people. that still remember because they survived, but like literally the world around them is forgotten, and that apparently this is happening kind of over and over again all over the world. Okay, this is why I love indie comics. <laughs> I was like, "Will they screw this up by by issue three? Possibly." (laughs) Um, Boom Studios, Numero Uno, uh, Pine and Merrimack. Hmm. This is I can't call it a police procedural, even though that's my jam. Hear
1: the words police procedural,
0: but it kind of is. But it's basically um. It's a husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. The wife, uh, law, her sister went missing when they were a kid and they never found her. And so she became a cop because of that, became a detective, uh, met this boxer, Um, as in put your yeah, yeah, put yeah, up your tell. dukes, and he hits things really hard. And they fall in love, they get married, and they open a private detective agency and do that type of stuff, but never do missing persons because of the trauma of... Uh, the main character. And but the end of the first book is someone basically like my daughter's missing and is really creeping me out. And the husband's about to say, yeah, we don't do that. But the wife takes the case and basically says the kid looks a lot like my sister. Um, So clearly, you know, like, yeah, serial bad guy type thing. Um, But also just check some of that art.
1: I'm going to say this boom puts good books together.
0: Yeah. And so the th- the joke in the thing is Pine and Merrimack is not the name of the two people. <laughs> that they, they like the typical police procedural with this kind of s- stuff is that's the name of the people. It's actually the name of the intersection in front of their <laughs> their detective agency. <laughs> I was like, well played. Yep. And they basically keep correcting people throughout the book. And I'm like, got it. That's kind of funny. Um,
1: On that note, let me just say like on police procedural, but not. Uh Mr. and Mrs. Smith was really good.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, like, I, I think I finished that in like three days Uh the truth serum episode at the end <laughs> right That was a masterpiece. uh all I have to say to the haters of this and there they exist is you are unfamiliar with Donald Glover's writing and work <laughs> my God because if so you cool. did not get the vibe through that entire show that clearly where a lot of that came from and also the level of humor. I was like, mmm. Cause I met people that were like, that was terrible. And I'm like, I'm I'm sorry you hate good. Oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> um because it was kind of funny. I I have some extended family where like, oh, we saw it because the movie was so good. And then they watch it, they're you. like, We hate, we hate it. And I'm like, oof. And I was like, you kind of missed all the points because of the movie. But I was like, I I, I did the same thing. And then I had friends. I straight up had friends that were like, you need to watch Mr. Mrs. Smith. I'm like, all right. Which, by the way, after the first episode I was in, uh, I got to the um,
1: point in community where Donald Gulliver leaves. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, well, he'll probably be back next season. He's probably filming Star Wars or something. And
0: I was like. Yeah, that's it. That's it, and my kids don't want to finish it now. Um, you should it, it it drops off, but yeah. So yeah, all right. What you got for number one? Let's give um, the people what they want, what they what they pay what they pay us for. That's what. what here's the thing: pay us I don't for. have a genuine number one. Um, <laughs> this book, the book you have listed, because I already know what he's going to say. We're professionals here. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot written about this book. And I didn't find it. (laughs) Oh, okay. So So I want to know because I saw so many quote unquote positive things about it.
1: It's not bad. I just didn't care by the time I got to it. Mm, Fair. And that could be my life is stupid right now, or that could be it's more your jam than mine. Um, Fair. uh, But this is a reporter going into a war zone on another planet. Okay. it's an episode of doctor who um ha. and uh like you know it's kind of a hurt locker situation or you know black hawk down of the minute you know you know she's like i'm i'm good i'm you know what i'm doing i'm cool literally it goes from that to shell shock of your ship just went down 90 percent of your crew is dead and you're left stranded on a alien planet where you're being hunted and you're the last human survivor
0: and I'm sure everything's fine.
1: Yes, everything is fine. It's delightful.
0: Um,
1: it's now I'll say this first couple pages, I was like, I genuinely don't care. I'm gonna put this book down. Um, and then to it turns to um it just kind of hits the ground after that. Like once stuff really starts popping off, it pops off. It's good. Um, I think I just read it too late at night. Um I also feel like uh, if they would have started with a cold open, like of started with the like Tarantino, it a bit of like start the with, end, not even the end, like okay. uh, start with the crash, okay, and, and then, then back just, up a little, just back up a little and hit it running. Okay. I feel like because like there's a point where like uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh. It's like a part on page seven, eight. Yeah, let's say seven where like somebody is Gus fringed Like after the explosion. Mm. No. Okay. i um, forget. Forgive the intensity of the line here. Um, there's a dude with his intestines hanging out and he's saying, where'd I put my shoes? Shock is a heck of a thing. Yes. Start me with that panel. Right, and then back it up. Then back it up. I would have, I would have enjoyed the whole presentation more if you'd done that. Past that, it's good. You would enjoy this. Um, I feel like this is more your jam than mine. Um, <laughs> but if you find me, if you find this, I'm already dead. Is the title of the book, and it's what I said.
0: <laughs> it's exactly what I said. It's exactly what I said. All right, go on. Yours. It is what it says. I. It is okay. Whatever. Um. So I probably stole this one from Hector. Did I? I don't know. What was it? I forgot. Really? Um, DC's new Sinister Suns. No, I didn't want to read that. You didn't? No. It's literally the same team as Super Sons. I didn't it's read Super Sons. W- you didn't? No. Uh, how dare you? Because it was my poll like the entire time. That's why I didn't read it. I got it all I needed from you. Should I be on? Wow. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's our show. Hector hates me. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, Tomasi doing, like, two kids that don't belong in each other's orbit stories in DC's universe definitely sounds stupid at the beginning. And when I saw this cover, I didn't want to get it. But then I saw that it was Tomasi, and I went, okay, Super Sons is kind of great. So this is literally... The opposite. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that it's a kid that believes he is Sinestro's son, doesn't know, and the son of General Zod.
1: Now, I saw Zod's son's story play out in the
0: Zod book. like Correct. And book. there's a bunch of editorial notes to um, the Zod book that's out right now that I absolutely won't read. <laughs> well, I read the um, first issue and I'm done. So I think it would. He- a lot of this was actually from the second one, but, you know, it's got the art that made Super Sons kind of fun. And these are two technically not so great characters being thrown together who both think the the thing about Super Sons is the two characters were played off each other as almost opposites. Right. This one's going to be they are almost the same <laughs> in that they are super narcissistic, believe they are, you know, the next amazing thing in the universe and that their dad is someone super cool to them. Um, So it's just fun. It's nonsensical. It's broken in probably every way it can be, but like the kid who thinks Sinestro is his dad, like it's opening up with he's, he's planning a way to trap Sinestro so he could do a DNA test (laughs) just to prove that Sinestro is his dad. So he can get all the credit Um, in, in the yellow lantern core um so yeah and general zod's kid just literally thinks walks on water um and is generally a bad dude it just gave me um even without
1: cracking the cover it gave me runaways vibe
0: yeah that might be fair and i think Um, i
1: just didn't want to read runaways again
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's just what i was just like i was like yeah no thanks i'm good Crying. Tomasi writes things like this really good You should read stuff that Tomasi writes like this
1: I, Tomasi's wonderful
0: Yeah Stop hating him I don't hate
1: him I just don't want to pay $5 to read Runaways This one was only $4 skin. Dude this is Runaways <laughs> with a Fortnite skin Ooh
0: He's doing the floss Yeah that's
1: yeah. what it's, that's what it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> So yeah that's my number one Okay Got anything else for the people? No. Great. Uh, well, I guess that that is, in fact, going to do it for us here at the Polis podcast. Episode 97 is now in the books and now in your ears and your eyeballs, because, well, you know, if you want to punish yourself, you can see Hector and I. Well, you can see the blurry place that is my white face around my beard. Um, oh, um, Hold on. Uh, oh, he lied. Todd Turner said that uh,
1: the how to lose a guy Gardner in 10 days was really good. Did you not see that? I did not see that either. So that's where I'm at. Anywho, that, that was the DC Valentine special was how to lose a guy Gardener in 10 days. It was a whole. romantic. Yeah, I wouldn't. A, I wouldn't have
0: read that anyway. Yeah, it was a whole <laughs> romantic drama. I am not paying DC $10 on a random holiday ever again. If I can help it, <laughs> you liar. I might get the Halloween one. You're going to get every (laughs) Halloween
1: one and you'll probably get the Christmas one. Get out of here with that. I
0: have not been. No, you'll definitely get the Halloween one. I'll get the Halloween one and still probably be disappointed.
1: (laughs) Yes. And you will consistently do that. But yeah.
0: (sighs) Hate you. But no, I wasn't.
1: I I wasn't. Definitely wasn't getting the guy Gardner thing. But, you know, maybe I was. I don't know.
0: I mean, if it's an attempt to make Guy Gardner a good guy, I'm definitely not buying it. (laughs) Oh, no, it was supposed to be that he was a. Waffle. Waffle. Are a we not allowed to say that? Yeah, there we are. Yeah, yeah it's a dude's yeah. waffle. Yeah. All right. Well, but it's true. You can watch Hector and I on the YouTube. You can listen to us on just about every place on the Internet. Uh, but as you know, we do not do this alone. We are part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Hector has other wonderful shows here. We have friends with other wonderful shows here. So if you ever want to catch up on back episodes and things, you can go to lovethynerd.com and check out any new shows things that we've done in the past you'll find all of our cool stuff there um so be sure to add that up to your listening and or watching routine but as always hector and i do want to thank you for choosing us as your comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis it's every other week and so don't leave us hanging rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting uh you know, place of choice or YouTube, you know, like, subscribe, click, slam that like button. Um, and just don't leave us hanging. So, uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher radio. Like I said, practically all the places on the webs of enter. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening and remember kids read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents the game of risk master of Epic Duel. I can feel your